Welcome to Reality Tea Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Tanika, and today we are going to be talking about The Other Way. Before we jump into it, I do have a couple of hot goss that have come up since B90. And of course, we have memes. So, First thing is first, let's do the hot goss. So Chris, Chris from the previous toe season, she apparently has started an organization or maybe like a more of a fundraiser called Ding Dong Ditch. So basically, in the description of this ding dong ditch, um, she writes, growing up with nothing, I have always appreciated all things. And at a young age, I learned I love helping people. The show was a good start to get my name out. Now I get to use my platform and assist as many people as possible on a local and national level. With Ding Dong Ditch, I intend to provide items such as food, toilet paper, and other necessities to people who are not able to afford these items. Now, at the time of me seeing this, she had only raised 50 bucks, and her goal is to raise $3,000. So, I... Uh, I don't have a problem with what you're trying to do here, Chris. However, you are a garbage person. You somehow came out of this, um, out of this tell-all completely unscathed, unscathed. And no one understands how that even happened. You were perfectly okay to play games with Jamie, it was perfectly okay for you to not talk to your wife when you were in in the States longer, much longer than you intended, or you told her to be, that you would be, the arguments. And then when you come back, you not only get in a fight with her because she's trying to have a fucking civilized conversation with your ass, but you not only do that, but you put your hands on her. So you want to talk about helping people? You're the last person that I want to seek help from. Honest to God. That that would be me. I am... I can't. <laughs> to me, she is an almost Ed level. Maybe not quite at the Ed level, but just about there. And... You're out here helping people or thinking you're helping people. I can't. Anyway, next hot goss. Natalie. Natalie. Either she has started an OnlyFans or she's starting, I know, like, what's her face? Stephanie has one called unfiltered or whatever. So either she's doing one of those two, but she is starting 
you know, just in the general scheme of things, an OnlyFans. She announced it on her Instagram. And she basically, in her, you know, comment part or the, what's the word I'm looking for? Description or whatever. Um, she says, my new exclusive content coming tomorrow. So I guess either it's probably out now. And she says, you know, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss it. And her link is in her bio. Um, wow. <laughs> I'm actually really surprised. I'm, I'm okay. I'm actually not surprised. I'm in the middle. I'm I'm not surprised because, well, she is Natalie and, you know, she needs to have the attention and she wanted to be an actress. So why the hell not? And then on the other side of things, I'm also surprised because she's all about her faith and, you know, basically treating her body as a temple and all this nonsense and not nonsense, but you know, you know what I mean? So I'm surprised on that front, but yeah, guys, if you're interested in seeing her OnlyFans, go right ahead. Enjoy. And the last thing, even though I don't, we don't want to talk about this person whatsoever, but I do feel like I have to make jokes about certain things about this person. So I'm talking about Ed. And from what I understand, him and Liz are supposed to like to be getting married soon. I've heard that they've officially moved in together. I don't give a shit about any of that. But it appears that he might have moved to Arkansas, which I am a little surprised by. Um, and he's now a real estate agent. Can you imagine seeing this man selling you houses? No. I if I found out he was my real estate agent, I'd be like, you know what? I'm so good. I I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go somewhere else. Thank you so much. Like no way. I will not. I will not. Oh, anyway, that's it for the hot goss section. Now we're going to go into the 90 day memes, the toe edition. Meme number one. Imagine these two Jehovah's Witness knocking at your door at 8 a.m. on a Saturday. You'll see the picture when it comes on my Facebook or Instagram, or maybe you've seen it already, but I would definitely, first of all, I'm going to be so honest here. We don't answer our doors to Jehovah's Witnesses, so good luck. Me number two. He told me he was going to fly on men's only airlines, but he didn't, so we got into a big fight. Yeah. Meme number three. Nothing like sharing your first kiss in front of your brother. That is the end of the memes. There is still going to be one more meme that will get posted to uh, Facebook and Instagram, very similarly to the B90 memes this week as well. Um, 
So you'll see all the memes on there. But let's get into the reason that we are here. Toe, season five, episode three, how I haven't met your mother. So we're going to be jumping in with Julio and Kirsten. I think from now on, I'm going to call him Julio because she does. Anyway, so we see them walking in Central Park and she gets really excited when she sees a squirrel. Apparently, I guess, again, these are just things you don't really think of um, living here in North America, that squirrels are not everywhere else in the world. She gets very excited because she's never seen a squirrel before. I guess she never saw a squirrel in Miami either. I feel like Miami is not a place where you're going to see squirrels. Anyway, um, she is going to be meeting his family. I wasn't sure if it was going to be that night or the next night, but she she's going to be seeing his family soon. She says she's nervous, and that's completely normal. And... She is very surprised that his mom only found out about her three weeks before. She is not Teen Julio about not telling his mom. She's very just like, this has nothing to do with me. If it was my way, he would have told you a long time ago. Like, she's just not about it. And she actually downright says, like, he's been lying to me. Because I think she was under the impression that she has at least known of, a, of her existence. So she's just not pleased. She does call him out on the fact that, like, why did you wait so long to tell her? Because my family has known about you from pretty much day one. So why haven't you told your mom? Like, And I think, honestly, that's a normal thing to say. Like, if if... If you haven't at least told somebody about the person that you're with, what like what what are you hiding? Like I, I especially if you've said like I did tell her, that's a whole other situation as well. Like there's something up, especially because these like him and his mom are very close. It's very I love a mama's boy feel, which I've said before. I. Like something definitely is going, going on here. Um, so he says that he wanted to take the time to make sure that, you know, whatever this is between him and, and Kirsten, that it's real. And she says, wait, so you haven't always been sure about us? That is something that you can tell just really hurt her feelings. Cause she's like, I've been sure about you. Maybe not necessarily from the beginning. I didn't really buy that, but she's like, I've been, I've been sure about you from, from pretty much the beginning of this relationship. Like why am I sure about you? But then you weren't sure about me. Like have we now always been on the same page? And here's what I'll say. Cause I mean, she is a lot, not a lot, but really and truly, the difference between a 24-year-old versus a 27-year-old is different, I feel. Because, um, I mean, if I look at myself at 24 versus myself at 27, I was different. So I think, and even treated relationships differently. So I feel like 
he might've been in a place where I do want to be a hundred percent sure um, before jumping into anything truly serious. Um, And I do understand that. But again, like, I, I don't, I don't know if he's being asked, like, if he's being real with her, I'm, and I will, we'll get there in, in at the end of the episode. But I feel like he's not being fully honest with her about how he really feels about her. I, I don't know. There, there's something about him that is rubbing me the wrong way, and it's like every time something happens, every time we see him. I like him less and I like her more. And and honestly, I have never not liked her. So my like for her is just growing more and more. Because I'm like, I really think she's being genuine and honest with him. And I feel like he maybe isn't as genuine and all. I feel like he said, let me find a European girl and then ride that wave. I don't know if... I feel like if he found any other European, any other country, he would have been fine with that too. He, I don't know. It's, I, I don't know. Um, he tells her that his mom does know that he's moving, but does not necessarily know when, which is true. We did see that he doesn't actually say when he's moving, but that he will move. Um, but again, as we'll see in a little bit, why can't you just tell her? Because I, we'll get there. So he, we find out from Kirsten that he has pushed back the move, his moving to the Netherlands twice. And now she's wondering if the reason he's moving it back all the time is because He's not fully sure if he wants to leave America, leave his mom, leave his family, despite the fact that he says that he doesn't want to live in America for his whole life, that he does want to move to a different country. So I get it. I would think like, I don't know how honest you're being with me here. Um, And we'll even see more of the doubts kind of creep in as she meets his mom. She does tell us that they have been planning this move now for about six months. So he has known about this happening for six months and has said dick all to his mom about it. Or just even maybe dick all to anybody in his life about it until more recently. Um, she tells him that she wants him to tell his mom tonight about everything. He, he doesn't want his mom to feel alone when he moves. Y'all, we're going to get to that in a hot second, okay? So, we see them heading to his mom's house. 
And she's nervous. Again, very normal. And and he asked, like, you know, why are you nervous? I mean, no shit, dude. Like, why else wouldn't she be nervous? And I think I'm a little backwards with this. I think he's the one that says he was nervous and he's the one that says that he's nervous about how the conversation is going to start. So it was the other way around. It was that she asked him, why are you nervous? Um, And he kind of starts to tell us that, you know, just kind of how protective his mom is of, of him. Um, you know, when he would go DJing, cause he does live with his mom. I don't think we really knew this before. Maybe we did. I just don't remember. Um, but when he would go DJing, like she would actually stay up and wait for him to get home, which I mean, that's not unusual. And again, I'm coming from, and he, he comes from a Latin background. I come from a Caribbean background, but that's, normal. I feel like if I've gone out, if my brother goes out or whatever, that my mom or any parental figure would have stayed up and waited for their child to come home no matter their age. So I don't think that's unusual. That's not unusual at all. Um, So I don't know if he was trying to make that seem like it's maybe like this protective thing, but I don't think it's a protective thing. I think it's just how, it's just how some families work. It's just, it's not unusual. Um, she says that if this does not work out with telling his mom that their future will be basically affected by this. He does say that, yeah, it would be a deal breaker, but not like, not like an actual deal breaker. I said, no, you said deal breaker. If I was Kirsten, I would have been like, you can't take that back. You can't take back that you just said it's a deal breaker if your mom doesn't take it well. Can't take it back. It's out there. So they're finally made it to Brentwood. They get to the house and we kind of just see them pulling up and walk to the front door. And then in the next scene, we see that they have entered the home and everyone is saying hi to everybody. Mom says hi to Kirsten. And this is where we find out that Julio has two brothers who are not ridiculously young. I don't know how old they are. They're probably younger than him. Um, but probably not by much. I would probably say they're about early twenties, maybe late teens, but she's not going to be alone. So this whole thing about, I don't want my mom to be alone. She wouldn't be. She has two kids, uh, two other kids. And I don't, know if she's still married. 
So then she's really not alone. Like, you know what I mean? I, I, when he said that at first, I'm like, okay, no, I get it. But then when we found out that he had two brothers, I'm like, but she wouldn't be alone. Yes, she would miss you. Yes, you guys seem to have a connection. Um, because, you know, it was the two of you against the world for a time. And I, I get all of that, but she wouldn't be alone. Uh, that's very weird. Um, and his mom, she says, welcome home, okay? Like, you're going to stay right here, girl. You're not, he's not going to the Netherlands. You're going to stay here. This is your home. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Um, I'm sure it's more of a language thing than anything, but I just thought it was funny that she's like, okay, you're good here. Anyway, um, his mom's first impression of Kirsten is that she seems nice and she's pretty. But again, she doesn't know anything about her. That's your son's fault for not telling you anything about her. Um, doesn't know anything about her culture. Fair. And doesn't know her family. That might be a little harder to do. Um, but anyway. I do think like as a 90 day her day, a 90 day herself, I feel that she should understand that there's going to be certain things that is, is not going to be achieved. Um, you're not going to probably be able to meet her family very easily. You're probably not going to be able to, you should be able to know her and you can learn basic things about her culture, but you don't have to know her culture to, to, a ridiculous extent to the same degree that Julio needs to know it. Um, so she, she should understand that. Um, but again, I know a lot of people are kind of on the fence about her. It's a 50, 50 thing about her, whether they really like her, they understand her or they don't like her and think she's trying to hold them back. I don't agree with that. I don't think she's trying to hold him back. I think that again, just coming from maybe a similar family background than what he's dealing with, that it's not about a parent wanting to hold their child, their adult child back. It's not about that. It's just that they are very used to things being the way it is. They are set in their ways. But on the other hand, I just don't get the feel that she's trying to hold him back. She hasn't once said like, you can't go. You have to stay here. And I'm not including the fact that she's like, I want you to stay here. Like, that's okay for someone to say, I wish you would stay here. I, you can't get mad because someone says that to somebody, especially when it's a mother to her son. Um, but that's not in the same way of her saying, no, you can't go. You have to stay here. Make her move here. Like you, that's not what she, at all what she's been doing. Um, she's been very careful with what she's been doing. Um, but at the same time, she's going to feel what she's going to feel because at the end of the day, that is her child. She raised him from birth. Um, she had him in her body for nine months. Like that's a difficult thing to just relinquish everything, I guess, to somebody else. 
but I think she's handling it well, you know? So I think it's a little unfair for people to say, oh, she's holding him back. I don't get that at all from her. Um, anyway, he says that he is anxious, but he is going to come clean to his mom. And as they're eating, we see this very cute little dog just sticking his head through the banister and just watching everybody eat. Um, his mom says that she didn't know much about Kirsten. Again, your, your son's fault. She also says that when he was in the Netherlands, she would call him to talk to him and she would hear a voice in the background and she would ask him, who is that? Who, who, who is that? And he would say, oh, just a friend. Kirsten didn't know this. She didn't know this at all. And she said, that's really weird. She's like, and she literally says, it was not a, my, my idea for him to keep me a secret. I wanted him to tell you. Um, and his mom ends up saying, oh, no. Like, basically, I don't blame you at all. He's not honest. Now, she said this in Spanish, okay? So there's a difference between he's not honest or, and he wasn't being honest. She said he's not honest. So I could have given her maybe a pass if she said it in English However, she didn't. She said it in Spanish. And that's why I think, like, this woman knows shit about her son and knows that he is not an honest person. And I wanted to dig so much deeper. I wanted to know, what do you mean by that? Do you mean just generally speaking, he's not an honest person? Like, he you know, maybe he has to fib here and there, or do you know something about his past relationships where he wasn't being honest with that person, whether it may be cheating or lying or whatever, like, what do you know, ma'am? I want to know what you know, but she did turn it around after that and say he wasn't being honest. And I said, no, you're trying to cover something up. I don't know. I got this feeling that like there's so much more to that than he just wasn't being honest with you in the, in the moment with Kirsten. I think there's just so much more about that. Um, but his face, though, when she said like he's not honest look like a man who got caught in some shit. He's like, what? And he literally said, mom, seriously? (laughs) Like, you're ratting me out kind of thing. So, I don't know. His mom says that if you were being honest with me, if you were being honest at all, you would have told me about Kirsten from the beginning and you didn't basically, right? Um, he tells her, his mom 
about the fact that he has already filed for temporary residency and that he's going to be permanently moving. And he says he will be leaving in three months. And his mom obviously is emotional about this. She does say that I'm going to have to prepare myself for you to leave. And she says that she can't believe that he already applied for residency without saying anything. She feels like he may be rushing things with Kirsten. Now, here's what I'll say. To mom, yes, it feels like he's rushing things. But in all reality, in all honesty, he actually isn't rushing things. Not really, in comparison to other people. He has really done his work, I guess, with this relationship. I can't remember how long they've been together now. Maybe I think it's about two years. Um, He took time talking to her. He met with her. He spent time with her. He then left and went back and lived with her for two months. He's basically been going back and forth, seeing her like every month, apparently, or close to that. He's really taken time in getting to know her. His mistake with this relationship was not telling the people around him about it and how serious it really is and what his plans were. That's the problem. But he isn't actually rushing this. But for mom, it feels that way. And I and I totally got that. Kirsten is upset because she didn't want it to be like this. She didn't want it, her his mom to be emotional about anything. She wanted this to go seamlessly. Um, I mean, you can't really avoid someone's emotions necessarily, but she wanted in her world for him to tell his mom so much sooner about the relationship and their plans. And he didn't. Um, she wanted his mom to have the time to process properly and not just be kind of thrown on her like this. And now she's starting to wonder if he is questioning his decision to move. But I, and again, based on what we see with next week's episode, which we'll get to of course at the end, I do think she has a reason to feel that way. I don't know if this guy is serious about actually moving. Um, and I think even if he does end up moving, I wouldn't be surprised if he moves back. I wouldn't be, personally. And she is absolutely against moving. Maybe. Maybe she's actually not. Maybe. I don't know. But from the sounds of things, that she does, she has no desire to move. Would you? Are we staying there? I want to be moving here. What the hell with that? <laughs> anyway, that is it for Julio and Kirsten. So now we are going to be talking about Brandon and Mary. So we find out that Brandon will be with her the next day. She says that if he. Okay, sorry. So she says that he said that he would not be sitting with any girls 
I don't buy that for a fucking second. Um, so she says that she has every right to be mad at him. No. Okay. But I'm going to say this. Okay. And I know, you know, 23 year olds are different now than they were back when I was 23. Um, so like I'm ancient. Um, common fucking sense. It's apparently just not so common anymore. Because, ma'am, I don't care what he told you. I personally, if a man tells me, would to tell me, I'm not going to be sitting with any girls. I'm not going to be working with any girls. I'm not going to have to talk to any other girls. I'm like, are you dumb? That's not even possible. Now I'm mad because you're lying to me (laughs) because it's not possible. Now you're just shooting bullshit in my direction. That's not even humanly possible. I feel like I would just have a, I feel like I know I did have a little more common sense than that. So I don't care what he said to you. You should have been able to think for yourself and say, you know what? That doesn't make any sense. My brain cannot compute that he would not be potentially sitting next to a woman or having to potentially talk to a woman. Like he possibly would have to have spoken to a stewardess and most of them are women. I think we're doing better in seeing men as in that role as well, but they're mostly women. So what do you think? You're not going to talk to some, she's so stupid. Anyway, I have problems with her. I'll get to it in a minute. I have more problems with her than I already do. We'll get there. Um, he does call her and he tells her that he is in the hotel now. Um, his flights again the next day. He does talk about, you know, whether or not she's upset and he says he's so upset and he says like, you know, I might have to be on a plane. I would have to be. I will be on a plane. I may have to sit next to a woman. And just because I was able to get my seat changed in the last flight does not mean I'm going to be able to do on this flight. So you're just going to have to relax yourself basically is what he's saying to her. And she said, okay, but then just don't talk to them. He says, why would I talk to them again? Again, do you think, ma'am, that him talking to a woman is what he's all of a sudden going to talk, go from talking to inserting his dick in their mouth? Like, I'm, I'm so confused. I'm so confused. Rational people don't think that going from talking to a person is then going to then become some sort of sexual interaction. I... Oh, she needs to go back to school because she's so stupid. Anyway, <laughs> um, and again, I'm actually at the, at this point now because like he said, he's 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 nuts in his own in his own way. But I'm starting to wonder if all of the things that she is saying about what he wanted from her, he didn't actually want from her. I don't know if he's telling her he can't. She can't speak to other guys. I don't know if he told her you can't go to school or dance or model. Maybe the modeling, maybe that. I can maybe get behind the modeling, but it's the school thing for me that I'm like, I don't buy that for a minute. 
I would not put it past her that she's the kind of person that says, I don't want you talking to the opposite sex. So in order for me to be able to not look like a hypocrite, I have to not talk to the opposite sex. So I'm going to drop out of my dance group thing. So then my scholarship will be affected. So then I can't go back to school, but you know what? It's all for the greater good. It's also that I can prove my point to him. I want him to put it past her personally. So let me keep going here with the episode. Um, he says that, you know, she does overreact, no fucking shit, but she just can't help it. Or she says she overreacts, but she just can't help it because of her ex cheating on her apparently 10 times. Okay. So, um, here's what I'm going to say. I am. You can't give excuses for your overreactions on the fact that your ex-boyfriend, who you're no longer with, cheated on you multiple times. I'll get to the number in a minute, but multiple times. I'm 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 just not gonna let you have that because here's the thing: everyone goes through shit. Okay. I went through shit in my previous relationship, which trust me, I haven't even touched even. A lot happened there that destroyed how I thought about things, destroyed how, you know, I thought, destroyed how I look at the world. And it took a lot of work because I went to fucking therapy um, and did the work in order to be at least back to some sort of semblance of who I was before I was with him. And be able to have the confidence that I need to go through life without letting it hold me back. I remember one of the very first things that I said to my boyfriend currently was was that I won't allow what happened in my previous relationship to affect this relationship. So I, I couldn't use that as an excuse and I wouldn't have wanted to use that as an excuse. So you can't use that as an excuse. And then as for the number of times this man cheated on you, 10 fucking times. Listen, I have definitely forgiven, not forgotten, but forgiven men when it comes to cheating. I have done it. That's my personal choice. You know, everyone is different. Um, and I think whatever works for you and every relationship is different. But I can tell you this. There is a fucking limit and 10 isn't it. It's not even five. Shit is not even four. Like, I, I, when I heard the number 10, is it 10? Uh, what? That's a lot. And I don't know how long she's been with, how long she was with that guy for, and when she started dating him, even. But ten times, honey, the whole thing about the shame on you, shame on me thing does stick. But my God, what are you waiting for? At that point, he has literally gotten to a point where he's like, okay, I can get away with this because she lets me. And I don't know if honestly he cheated because she wouldn't sleep with him. But if that is the case, 
then he is garbage and you should have got rid of him a long time before 10 times because clearly he has to stick his dick in something. So, and he clearly knows he can't get it from you because you chosen to not have sex with him and that is completely your choice and that is okay and he should have respected it, but respecting it isn't cheating on you. So why'd you stay with him? Sorry, I hate to say this, but after 10 times and then you're using it as the excuse, like I don't blame you necessarily for him cheating on you. That's a whole separate situation. But when it comes to your overreaction, quote unquote, that you say you have, and you're blaming it on that, no, that's your fault. That's your fault because you could have avoided it. You could have avoided the potential of him cheating on you again by just ending it and then not using it as an excuse on their current relationship. Because as far as we can see, Brandon hasn't given you a reason to suspect him cheating on you. Anyway, she says that she is more anxious that he that he's moving there now. So why why are we doing this on but I get like the, the anxiety of it because it's different. You're used to being on the, over the phone with this person. Um, she does end up saying to him that if you love me, you won't talk to any girls. Okay. I could so unpack that, but we're going to be here for a really long time if I do. That's problematic. We all should know why we're going to end it there. Um. So he says that he's going to be going to bed now. And she says, okay, behave, behave. He's going to sleep. What can he do? She's the kind of, oh God, she's the kind of person that if he had a dream about another woman, like him having sex with another woman, she would consider that cheating. Oh my God. Anyway. um, So the next day we see her feeding some pigs. Apparently her grandpa is a farmer, so he has, like, he feeds pigs and all that loveliness. And I think there's some chickens or something. Anyway, um, her and her grandparents sit down and they have some coffee. And grandma says, you know, I heard you guys arguing. And she's like, yeah, you know, it's normal. And grandma's like, normal? You know, grandma's like, no, it's not normal, honey. I've been doing this shit for years now. That's not normal. Like, she says that, you know, when he gets here, her grandma says this, that you should love each other, not fight with each other. We'll see. We'll see. Because your your granddaughter is a mess. So I don't know. Um. Grandpa does say in his in the moment that, you know, it's been really tough, like raising her by ourselves, you know, her parents should have been here raising her. I agree. I agree. Anyway. Grandpa tells her that, you know, Brandon has to respect, respect them. And that he is going to need to get permission from the grandparents to do anything. So anything, including kissing, 
hugging, holding hands, especially sex, you have to have permission. He can't just do it. Um, Grandpa ends up saying to her, so don't do it with him. And grandma's like, yeah, no, you can't do it with him. She's like, do what? Girl, you know what? Do it. It. The nasty. Bumping uglies. It. <laughs> you know what they're talking about. And here's the thing. I, okay, I'm going to get there in a minute because there's something else that she says and it will just tie in with everything I'm going to say. So again, like I mentioned, no hugging, no kissing. He has to ask before doing any of those things. She does say that she wants to be married before having sex with him. Fine. And she says that she will tell him that he can't do anything without asking. But she doesn't want to, she doesn't actually want to tell him because she just wants it to feel natural with him when he gets there. So here's what I'm going to say. Guys, if you remember from the first episode, you remember how they talked about the fact that they have phone sex? But now, again, I'm not hating on the fact that she wants to wait until marriage. That's not the problem here that I'm having. The problem that I'm having is I don't believe her for a minute because here's why. You don't have phone sex with somebody that you don't potentially intend to have sex with. Maybe, maybe not that night, but it's not, you know, maybe soon after his arrival. I don't buy it for a minute because I don't, for me, I wasn't having phone sex with somebody until I was actually sexually active or at least knew that I wanted to have sex with somebody. I don't buy it. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, you won't do it, but you've been doing it over the phone. So now he has this, I hate to, hate to use the word expectation, but he has this thought in his head that, okay, we've been doing that. You've been watching me shit. <laughs> she could, I don't know if she knows how, what his thing looks like at this point. I don't know if she knows any of this. Like, I don't know if she's seen it or why. Like, I don't know. However, she does seem to, I don't know. Anyway, he has this thought in his head that this is going to happen, but you're now going to be like, well, I don't want to get, I don't want to have sex until marriage. So why did you do all of that? Because here's the thing, making out, heavy petting, that's fine. Like, right? Because I I would love to to. I'm going to go on a complete limb here, even though it never was discussed. But Nicola is also not having sex before marriage, right? I highly doubt that he has had phone sex with Misha. I highly doubt it. So I can believe in that in that respect that, of course, they're not going to um, have sex before marriage because they're not doing anything like that. Sure, they've kissed, they've clearly made out or whatever, but they're not going past a certain step, past a certain line here. Whereas you, Mary, also a Catholic, who doesn't want to get intimate with anyone before marriage, is saying that you don't want to do that, but you have had you have had phone sex. So what are y'all doing? 
Like, again, I can't remember who said they had phone sex, if it was him or her. By the way, one or the other would have heard it because they're always on the phone together at that point. Um, so I'm confused. And then not only that, you then talk about the fact that American men have big dicks. Again, shocker uh, to me. Um, <laughs> I think so much more to American men having big dicks because America is a melting pot as is Canada. So I, I was like, oh, I, I didn't know that. Like, yeah. Anyway, you know what I'm trying to say. Um, but then again, you then tell your friends you're scared about having sex with him because American men have big dicks. Why would you talk about any of these things if you had no intention of getting intimate with him before marriage? I I feel for a fact, I don't think she will last a week without having sex with him. And that's okay. But don't bullshit me, the viewer, bullshit your grandparents, I don't care, but don't bullshit the viewer with saying that you don't want to have sex before marriage because I'm like, but ma'am, wait, you, what? <laughs> That's not what I heard in the first episode. <laughs> like, oh, I'm so confused. Anyway, um, so then we see that she's on the way to the airport. It's about a three-hour drive away uh, to wherever he is at. I'm not sure where he's at right now or where he's flying to, but her brother is with her since because it's a three-hour drive, uh, her grandpa wanted him to go. Um, her brother is basically saying that, you know, you can't, just do things with him. You have to ask permission because she is, you know, finally ready to hug him and all of that. Um, but yeah, like he says, you know, grandpa says you aren't allowed to hug him because the ancestors, something to do with the ancestors. And that's why they don't um, I'm not going to go into all of that because they didn't really go into a lot of details about it. They just basically said, well, the ancestors basically put those rules in place. So we have to keep following them. Um, she says that she wants this moment to be for herself. That She doesn't want to think about what her grandparents want or what her brother wants or anything like that. Her brother says that, you know, if you want to hug him, then you can hug him. But by God, no kissing. And she says, well, but what if he tries to kiss me? And he says, do the cheek. So here's what I'm going to say. And maybe this is mean for me to say, but you know what? I don't care. <laughs> the brother has some nerve because he's a little bit of a hypocrite. Did you not have kids outside of marriage, sir? I'm just saying. Like, I can understand that maybe we don't want the same thing to happen to her that will happen to him because apparently his grandfather really took it badly and didn't talk to him for about a year. And I understand that. But don't sit here being a hypocrite. Just lie for her and call it a day. 
So, um, but as we know, as we probably gathered, Brandon doesn't know any of this. He wasn't made aware at all about any of it. So we see him getting off the plane. He's going to go pull a darse and uh, go in the bathroom and freshen up. I think he brushed his teeth or something. Um, She's waiting and she feels like peeing because she's really nervous. She... She ends up calling him on video, um, but he's kind of freezing up. And I thought in this moment, like, can't you just wait for him to come through the fucking doors? You have to be on the phone with him until, like, the seconds before he's... I cannot. Anyway, she says that, you know, if she kisses someone, in this case, Brandon, that she wants them to be hers forever. I got creeped out by that because i'm like ooh, i feel like i heard that on a true crime documentary once like i don't like it anyway we're gonna move on so we go back to another scene with them um and she's still waiting for him to come out and then we see her eyes just go wide and there he is he's coming out And they hug instantly and she is just crying. Now, as much as I think these two are cuckoo magoo. I thought this was sweet. (laughs) This, I felt something. I don't know what I felt. Maybe it was indigestion, but I felt something. Um, And, you know, they kiss. And they kiss again. And again. But just at this point, it's just because I'm a lot. And brother's just back there being like, for fuck's sakes, the ancestors, grandparents is going to kill not only you, but me. That's basically what his face was trying to say. Um, And she ends up saying, like, I don't know how to kiss. And, you know, it is her first time actually kissing somebody. So she never even kissed her ex. Oof. Um, he says that she is a good kisser, so cool, cool, cool. And because again. <laughs> and he says that he's says hi to her brother at that point. And while, you know, the brother's actually like talking to Brandon or trying to talk to Brandon, they kiss again. <laughs> they won't stop kissing each other like he's actually like yo like i'm trying to talk to you like shit so we actually see what i feel was like a ceremonial putting the phones away (laughs) and she one of them says whether him or her i can't remember who but one of them ends up saying like i hope that the drama is going to be behind them now as we can see in the coming up song coming up on no it's not not coming up on but like in the season it's not over so she keeps wanting him to say babby i do we get an explanation as to why he says babby because i'm getting annoyed <laughs> he's kept saying babby babby anyway 
she says, you know, you can kiss me if you want. And he does. But if you notice, if you watch the show, while he leans in to kiss her, she's literally side-eyeing in her brother's direction to see, like, are you watching? You know you shouldn't be doing it, yet you're doing it. He only said hug. He let you hug. Kissing was not it. But anyway, um, her brother just looks very awkward in this moment. Says, get me out of this car. We still had like three hours to go. Um, and the fucking noises from the kissing. God, I hate, I hate the sound, the noises, the kissing. I think because the mics just amplify it really. Um, but yeah. Her brother says, you are being naughty. So she stops and she says that she worries about her grandparents, what they're going to say, if they're going to find out, you know, she worries about that. Her brother then asks Brandon, if in the U.S., is it okay to kiss? Obviously, as we know, yes, it is okay to kiss. But her brother says it's not okay because of, again, the ancestors. So Brandon says, or well, her brother then says, like, you have to ask permission, right? So Brandon says, okay, can I kiss your sister? And he says, I'm okay with it. No, he wasn't really okay with it, but I'm okay with it. Um, But my grandparents are not going to be okay with it. Like, you'll have to ask them permission. So Brandon's like, okay, you know, I understand. But at the same time, he actually says in his in the moment that he had no clue about this rule. Obviously, Mary didn't tell him. Um, And he also then says, like, if I want to kiss her, I should be able to kiss her. Well, that's a very Western way of seeing things. Yes, you think that you should be able to kiss whoever you're with at at that moment. I get it as a person who lives in a Western society. However, every country is different in how they deal with things not even so much that but every situation is different there are obviously people in the world the doggers who are not allowed to do any of those things and have to be chaperoned and all that nonsense right just as an extreme example but you know it's just not unusual so but anyway um he does say that you know he will ask permission he will i guess respect it so he does say that, like again, and I think he does understand that. And he says that, you know, I do get that the culture is different and, you know, he will do what he has to do. Um, he just wishes that Mary told him so that he could have prepared himself and he would have done the right thing from the beginning. I 100% agree with him. He, she should have told him. And I, again, that's why I say everything that she's saying about not wanting to do this, that, or the other, I don't fucking buy. Because if you did not, if you wanted to respect your culture, and not only that, but respect your religion, and go based on how you've been thinking, so you say, you would have told him. 
But the fact that you didn't tell him means that you want to be able to hug him. You want to be able to touch him. You want to be able to kiss him. And girl, you want to be able to fuck him. So I I, I don't, for a second, I think she's bullshitting us, the viewer. Um, I don't, I don't buy it. Um, so the grandparents are outside on the porch waiting for them to come back. Um, her grandma says that Brandon is small. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> the, they greet each other. It seems like a decent greeting. They basically have to do a greeting in a certain way where you have to put the, I guess in this case, the elder, put the elder's hands against your forehead and then say this thing they have to say, I wish I wrote down the translation of it, but um, he didn't know what he was actually saying. He doesn't know what he had to say. He's like, actually, I don't know what it translates into. Um, but yeah, so that goes decently. And then grandpa asks, you know, what did you do when you first met at the airport? Silence. No one is saying anything. And here's the thing that I I said to myself, actually I said to um, my mom when we were watching the show, I said to her, I'm like, he could just say it in English and someone can translate it to something else because they don't even speak English. They wouldn't know. So that way you're not actually lying. In all honesty. Anyway, but yeah, they just in complete silence. Mary feels nervous about what he will say. Well, you should have addressed that before all of this shit so that you wouldn't be going through it. Anyway, she says that, you know, if he does end up saying something that could jeopardize things, that um, his grandpa could end up just not trusting Brandon. And again, I, I say that's kind of your fault because you should have just been honest with Brandon from the beginning and you weren't. So it's kind of on you. But that is it for Brandon and Mary. So now we are going to be talking about Kimberly and TJ. So this is a doozy of one of these two. My goodness. She tells us she overslept. <laughs> and she tells us that her spirit guides are basically trying to tell her to calm down. She says that, you know, that she is unsure about things. You know, with the wedding, the apartment, I think is her main concern at this point is the apartment. The zipper on her suitcase broke, so she ends up having to duct tape it. She says that the last time she was in India, she was really homesick. Oh boy. Now they, her dad, he's driving her to the airport and they basically, I guess, to cheer her up because it's about to start raining. They start doing pirate talk. That was kind of cute. You're like, a storm's a brewing because a storm was literally brewing. Um, she 
is going to miss her dad's dad jokes. And, and she's worried that if she doesn't agree with something that everyone, including TJ or his mom, his dad, his brother, will just start yelling at her um, without like trying to actually have a civilized conversation. Um, but her dad says, you know, I'm trusting that he's going to take care of you because that's kind of what he said he was going to do. And she says, you know, taking care of someone doesn't just mean monetary. It also includes emotionally, mentally. Dad is worried because they have a lot to work on together. Um, and that he is trusting that he will take care of her. But, you know, he says that her dad said that I will see you soon. He's going to be there soon for the wedding. And they say goodbye. Now she's on her way to the plane. So in the next scene with her, we see that she is in Chicago currently. She's about to board her next flight. And she says that he told her that the apartment will be better in person. She has now touched down in Delhi and she's going to be getting on another plane to Jaipur. I have a question. So if we remember from Toe last season, which was just a couple months ago, Rishi also lives in Jaipur. Jen took a seven-hour drive to Jaipur. Why didn't she just take a plane if that's what like Kimberly's doing right now? I don't know if maybe money was the, the, the situation, but I can't imagine that Kimberly is much different financially speaking than Jen is. I mean, again, we don't know, but I don't even know if Jen was working. Um, I mean, Kimberly is working. Um, so I don't know. I thought that was interesting because I just thought like with Jen that she's taking this drive because she can't actually get on a plane from, from there to drive horror. But that's literally what Kimberly's doing. So I'm like, oh, okay. Um, anyway, so he is on the way to go pick her up. He said that he loves the way that she looks at him. Cool, cool, cool. His family does have doubt about her being a more traditional Indian wife. Well, their doubts are valid because he hasn't even fucking told her that she's going to have to take on a more traditional role. So she has just now landed in Jaipur. She slowly walks towards him when she sees him. And I thought, like, what's going on with her? But then she just freaking runs into him and hugs him. Now, I feel a little something. I didn't feel a little odd. I expected to feel more. So, apparently, which I feel like we never heard this before, maybe I'm wrong, but we find out that you can't show affection in 
any way whatsoever in India. I feel like that's not like, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like <laughs> that's not what we've seen with our under Indian couples, like with, I don't know, with Jenny or Samet or Jen and Rishi. You know, I was just so, uh, I'm not surprised by that. Um, just based on what we see in just in general, I just feel like we've never actually heard that. Like, I don't know if it's a law or if it's just more of maybe it's more a religious thing. I don't know, but like I was very surprised to actually hear someone actually say that. But anyway, um, So they're going to go get her bags and the wedding is going to be in a week and she feels like she is going to throw up about it. He's fine. She's going to throw up about it. So, oh boy. Um, so they're heading to the house. She has had to... So he he ends up telling us when it comes to the situ- the living situation home with the parents that either him or his brother will sleep in the room with his mother or both of them. I don't know if they both will at the same time. And his father actually sleeps on the floor in the living room. And he says, I don't know, I think they got into an argument like 20 years ago because they haven't been sleeping together for 20 years. Fuck. (laughs) Not me. I don't care what my man did. You're sleeping beside me. I was like, I'm really mad at you, but I'll let you have the couch at least, not the floor. (laughs) Anyway. Um... So they get to the house and the family comes out to greet her. And so she comes bearing gifts for the family and she calls TJ her brown cow. She calls an Indian man a brown fucking cow what the fuck when I heard her say that I'm like oh god no you had to say brown and then you had to add the cow which I know the cows are sacred in India that's fine but brown that's so fucking insensitive but he doesn't seem to have a problem but Ew. I didn't like it. Didn't like it at all. So anyway, he says, Do you want to go see the apartment? She says, Yeah, let's go see the apartment. And they're gonna go see the account the apartment. So now they're in the apartment. And as they were actually descend like ascending to the apartment, he was actually like counting down. Cause Y'all, like, he's excited to show her this apartment. But he knows and he acknowledges that there are still things that need to be done. For example, the windows 
have bars on them, but they have not been finished. Why? Because the window guy is in the hospital. And he says, it just wouldn't feel right to have to wake him up from his, I don't know, coma and in the hospital and say, yo, can he come fix the windows? Can he find somebody else he can come do it with windows? Well, this guy is in his coma. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if he's in a coma, but just how he phrased, like, I don't want to wake him up in the hospital. I'm like, is he in a coma? <laughs> Either way, coma or no coma. Like, I get what he's saying, but can you find somebody else? to come do the windows um so we see her kind of walking through the apartment and you can already tell she is like what the fuck and she says why is there a door here i thought the door for the bathroom was going to be on the other side so as she describes the door that we actually couldn't see this actually opens up into the shower. And then as we do see where the door was supposed to be, or maybe a door was meant to be there as well, is there's the toilet right beside the other door frame. And right by there is a clear fucking shot to the fucking window and it doesn't look like they're that high up that someone couldn't fucking see her. Or even him, for that matter, using the fucking toilet. Um, so she's like, I, I, like, I don't understand why there's no door here. Which I have to give her. Why is there no door there? Men don't think about those things, though. If there's no door there, then you can have at least put, like, coverings over the window so that no one can see. Or she can cover that or whatever. But still, that, that's an inconvenience. Why not just have an actual door there? So that when it's nice and bright outside, you can still have the window coverings open. Anyway. So I I, I did understand that. Um, so she complains that the sink is outside of the bathroom. I don't know if that's a common thing. It could be in India. Obviously here in the States, Canada, that's not the case. Usually the sink is in the same room. But anyway, um, she is unhappy with the counter. Something to do with the lip or something. She said it'll make it harder for her to clean. I didn't quite understand that. Um, it seemed fine to me, except for the fact that the corner of the counter was broken. It wasn't about that. Um... She says that nothing is done right. And he looks absolutely defeated. She expects something else. She suspects that, you know, this layout was going to be something else entirely. Um, and here's what I'm going to say before we go deeper into this. I do understand her frustration only on the mere fact that she wanted to be more involved and he wouldn't involve her. Um, whether it was because he doesn't respect her opinion or what, I don't know. But I do understand it from that perspective. However, we don't know what she was asking for. And whether or not that would have been possible under what is normal in India. We have to remember that homes in India do not look like homes in the States or Canada, in North America. 
so we we need to remember that and she has this idea that she's going to have probably this more westernized apartment but that's not necessarily what you're going to get because you're going to get contractors and subcontractors and whatever who are used to homes looking a certain way and are, and can't put their mind on the fact that oh should look a certain way now however there are going to be things that i will have to say india or no india what is going on here i will get to it in a minute so he goes and gets the suitcases and she I guess notices that while he's going to go get the suitcases that base or maybe before he got suitcases that the baseboards aren't even completed. I don't, I couldn't quite know what was wrong with the baseboards on the other side, but the ones that they did really focus on wasn't even all the way to the end of the wall. It wasn't completed that I have to say, what are these people doing? Because if you're going, and I agreed with her here, I didn't agree with how she said it, but I agreed with her that if you are going to do a job, and in this case, the job was the baseboards, why wouldn't you complete it? Why are you going only halfway? Because now it just looks sloppy and incomplete. So India or no India? Do the contractors or subcontract some contract subcontractors, God, not make sure that a job is completed to its entirety? Anyway. Um as we can clearly tell, she's very frustrated and she hates it. And she said that she made requests. And they were not followed. Again, we don't know what these requests were. He comes back from getting her suitcases. And she's kind of like standing on some sort of table. And he's like, what are you doing? And she said, well, I'm, I'm up here because I wanted to see if what I'm actually seeing is right. So she says that. And we actually see this, that the doorframe heights are not consistent. So we see one doorframe is a lot lower than another doorframe, or one doorframe is even taller than another one. It's just not, not consistent. And this was another thing that I said, again, I don't care where we are in the world. Who did this job? Because that's that doesn't make sense to me either and we have seen other homes in india and i don't recall seeing inconsistent door frames i don't recall seeing those things um he ends up saying these people are not from new york she fucking says, obviously, honey, you're not going, you don't even live in New York, yet you want to come and say something about how obviously they're not from New York? Listen, do I think that these guys did a good job? On certain things, no, I don't think they did. But there are other things that I feel like TJ fucked up on um, in terms of like the door, for example. 
But then other things I feel like are just completely out of their control. And I also think that you're not being open about what you are going to get in India. Because again, layouts of homes are different. How homes look are different in India or even in any other country than what you're expecting or what you think you should have or what you have had back in the U.S. So to come back at him and be like, well, obviously, what the fuck was that? Um, she says that she can't relax because he tells her to, re- to relax because she can't even go pee because if she does, someone's going to see her go pee. Then find something and cover the fucking windows and go pee real quick. Like, figure something out. <laughs> I don't know. Um, he says you, like, you really wanted to, like, start something, basically, today. And she says, no, you did. And says that, he says that you're not satisfied about anything. And he says that, you know, I'm not your servant. And she says, no, you're supposed to be my partner and you failed at it. And she says that she was cutting him some slack and wasn't going to bring anything up. But then you came back in here like a dick. That got him. And he literally says, mind your words. Now, here's the thing. I I can't even think of a time that I have called my, my boyfriend a dick in like an actual me saying you're fucking acting like a dick. Jokingly, yes, I have called him a dick jokingly, um, but not in anger. Um, I may have called other people dicks, <laughs> but not him. I don't, I don't like that. Um, he definitely didn't like that to the point that he couldn't even repeat the word. He spelled it out. It's like, honey, you have a dick. Calm down. You can say the word. But again, everyone's different. So people don't like to swear or whatever. It's fine. Um, She says that this is not the man she wants to marry. Again, you came in hot with this. And I and I and I think like what she doesn't seem to understand, and which we'll talk about again at the end of the episode with the next time on, is that do you not think? that maybe he was just really excited to show you this apartment as he says and that now he's very defeated because you don't like it and that maybe his back is up like he's now being defensive with you and it's not because he wants to act like a dick as you say but that he's just he's upset that you don't like the place and he was hoping you would so maybe you could have come at him very differently instead of the way you did. And he says, well, fine, don't marry me then. And that was basically it. Um, he pretty much walks away and yeah, that's it. 
that is it. Like I said, (laughs) for Kimberly and DJ. Next, we are going to talk about Kenny and Armando. So there isn't a whole lot here to talk about with them. It's very quick. Um, So we find out that they have been in Mexico City for a week. Um, Armando is enjoying it, but, you know, he still doesn't, you know, want to move there. They are going to be going on a tour of a school for Hannah. Just kind of see how it is. And Armando does say that the most important thing to him is Hannah's education. So that could be something that could tip the scales in Kenny's direction in terms of moving. Um, Kenny does see and does know that this could be a secret weapon for him, Hannah, and her potentially liking the school. I didn't like that, Kenny. I didn't like it. I don't like it. Like, I don't think he's, like, trying to actually, like, be like, oh, Hannah, like, be on my side. Like, he's not doing that. But don't, don't do that. I love you, Kenny. I really do. Don't do that. So, (laughs) Armando is impressed with the school. Hannah also likes the school. We find out that they would be doing English 50, 50, like 50% of the time and um, Spanish would be 50% of the time. So it would be kind of like an English immersion school in a sense. Um, so yeah, he's all about it. She ends up going off and playing while Kenny and Armando talk. And Kenny says, you know, I love it when kids are so open with the idea of change. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> um, Armando says, you know, I feel like you have been saying this from a child's perspective. By God, that's fucking great. Like, you're now saying he's acting like a child. I don't think he's acting like a child. I think he's optimistic about it, about moving somewhere else where he feels like he can thrive as well as, you know, as well as maybe Armando is. Like, you know, I don't know. I, I think he's just excited about it. It's not so much a child's perspective. He's excited about it. Um, Kenny thinks that there is now a power struggle between the two of them. And, you know, Abondo's kind of like, you know, I feel like it just has to be your way. And I don't know if he actually uses the term controlling, but I wrote down, so now Kenny is controlling. Armando, no, he is not controlling. I didn't like that. I think Armando is, like I said before, is being very selfish about this um, when it comes to this move. Um, and I don't like that either. I love you guys. Stop it. Stop it. I don't want to be like, like rude or mean about you guys. I don't want to talk shit because I love you guys. But that's it. <laughs> that's literally it. That's all we got this season, uh, this week with Kenny Armando. Um, we better get them next week because I need this little bit of a reprieve from all of the nonsense because guys is going to get just even a little bit worse, just a little bit worse next week. 
we'll get to it when we do the next time on. But that's it for this week for Kenny and Armando. So last but not least, we have Wayne and Holly. So they are on the way to his place. He has things to show them when it comes to the the house, security-wise. Judy, her mom, then sees a community of squatters. And she's like, oh, what's that? Well, what's, what's going on over there? And he tells her, you know, the squatters. Um, and she says, that looks really sketchy. But I feel bad for them. Why is it sketchy? Have you lived any major city before? Why is it fucking sketchy? I didn't like the word sketchy per se. I, it felt very, I'm from the, I'm from the States. I'm from civilization. And here you are in South Africa and it's not civilized. I hated it. I hated it. I'm also biased, but I hated it. <laughs> um, so this is Judy's first time out of the country. So I'm going to give her a little bit of a pass because as we all kind of already know, Joe Burke is not the greatest place to be in when it comes to crime. Um, so I get it's a little rough, but you know, take her somewhere nice. Take her to like Cape Town or something. It's gorgeous over there. Anyway. Um, Holly is nervous that her mom will hate it in South Africa. But Wayne has a very nice house. I wonder that he's been targeted. It's a really nice house. It doesn't really look that way from the outside. But the man, man has a pool. He has a nice looking house inside. He's he's doing he's doing good for himself. It's a nice house. Um he says that he really drew away from the religion when he was a teenager. But he does have his morals. But, you know, it's hard to do the right thing sometimes. Honey, what do you do? That's not right. I want to know. He's cute. Um, He explains that the this man's a whole, like, load shedding, which is the, the proper term of, then you know, power outage so the load shedding again is because there's a lot of a lot on the grids they need to take the pressure off of the grids so what happens is that there are different levels of the load shedding and it goes up to eight and eight basically represents that the power could be out for either eight hours for the day holy fuck that is a work day Or it could be off eight different times throughout the day. Holy shit. I didn't, I didn't know this. And I don't know if this is something that's happened more recently or if this is something that's been happening for a while. But again, like I mentioned in a previous episode, when we first heard about this, I think in the first episode, um, my, my boyfriend is South African. He's also from Joburg and um, but he's been, he's been gone. He's, he left, uh, South Africa when he was about 18 years old. Um, so he, maybe this is something that wasn't happening before, or maybe it's more recent. Um, and just to kind of put in perspective, that's nearly 20 years ago now that he's been, um, not living in South Africa. 
So yeah, I don't know if that's more of a recent thing that's been happening, but yeah, I, that's nuts, man. Um, it's, it's, it's nuts in the sense of, yes, the power is out for eight hours or eight times a day up to that. But it's also crazy in the sense of, okay, when the power goes out, then the fucking thieves come in and, you know, steal shit from you or fucking worse, which we'll get to in a second. Um, he then shows the whole garage pepper spray contraption. It's a prototype right now. It actually doesn't, because when I saw it spraying, I'm like, is there fucking pepper spray in there right now? No, it's just water right now. So he shows, he's like, you know, if someone goes into the garage and they walk past it, it's censored. So then it will release the spray. He's like, right now it's just water. It's fine. <laughs> so um, he's definitely trying to make this safer. Um, maybe he's doing the garage because that's their point of entry is going through the garage. So it would maybe deter them. Because even if like it doesn't shoot them in the eye, this pepper spray, it's going to go through the area and it can instantly just fuck up their eyes, right? Um, or even their breathing because story time. And my old high school, before I was actually there, about a year before I was there, someone pepper sprayed our ventilation in our in our high school. And it just sent people fucking out. Luckily, this was before I was there. A lot of this shit happened before and after I was there. Um, but yeah, like it can really just fuck things up. And that was, again, a bigger building. So it took a bit for it to really screw things up but this little garage like it's just going to be fairly instant it's just going to fuck shit up um so then he's like okay let's go show you the pool he apparently fixed the pool however holly starts having some sort of anxiety attack or panic not really i wouldn't know if it was a panic attack but she just starts breaking down and she says, is that where Stormy died? Is that where he died? And you're like, oh, fuck, who's Stormy? And clearly her name, like, Stormy, is like, oh, no, they killed his dog. So that's exactly what happened. So I should have done trigger warning. Trigger warning for animal abuse or something. For animal violence. Um, yeah, these fuckers, when they went to rob him i guess this dog was probably trying to protect his fucking home like a dog fucking does you pieces of shit and killed his dog i oh so fucked up i never understand people who will kill an animal i just don't understand it every time you listen to a podcast or watch a dateline episode or something it always scares me when i hear dogs are involved and i'm like oh god is that dog gonna get killed and it happens and i'm just like i don't fucking get it i don't fucking get how someone could be so fucking cruel and evil that not only will you go and rob somebody or hurt somebody or potentially kill somebody but then you go and kill their dog you're fucking cruel. Or even a child, a little child. People, things that are just helpless and innocent. I fucking can't. Not that people aren't innocent. You know what I mean? But like, what the fuck? 
I can't, I can't with that. So I understood why she was acting the way she did. This is not okay. So mom doesn't really know if this is safe for Holly and um, even for her while she's there for three months. Um, She's unsure. So Holly says that this trip is different than her last trip because her mom is there. And also there's no chaperone. What y'all do? What y'all do? Because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That comment that Wayne made about, you know, I'm just trying to do the right thing. And the fact that there was no chaperone there before. Like, what y'all do? You know, they didn't have sex. They at least did something. Something happened. Anyway. So Wayne is making breakfast. And her mom says, I guess, in the Jehovah's Witness religion, that you don't do anything before. And the reason you need the chaperone is because you need to be chased. You know, once you're married, you still need to be in a chaste position when you get married. Ew. Um, not you to the religion. I, 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 whatever, do you. But just, I don't like that term of being chased. I don't need to be fucking chased. Anyway, I need to make sure that shit works. <laughs> I don't want to be chased. I need to make sure that I'm going to be happy and satisfied when I'm married. Anyway. Um, so her mom says that the eggs are really good. Good, good, good. Um, Wayne says that <laughs> we can have a threesome and watch TV. <laughs> he knows what he said when he said it, though. He's like, oh, shit, not threesome. And, um, she ends up saying, Holly says, like, we're not even having sex, but now you want to have a menage a trois with my mom? He's like, that's not what I meant. Oh, man, that's funny. Again, he says that he isn't used to doing the right thing. Honey, money, what is up? You know, Wow. He may not be having sex with your daughter, but he's definitely fantasizing about your daughter. So, yeah. <laughs> he then says that I just want to give her mom a sleeping pill. <laughs> I can't. Still, uh, you, oh, mom needs to go to a hotel when they get married, or they need to go to a hotel when they get married. My God, he's going to destroy her anyway. <laughs> Like I said, he's cute. <laughs> um, Judy says that she wants to get to know the real Wayne. Fair, that's very fair. I think that's that should go both ways. Um, she says that her daughter's safety is number one to her, and she says, like you know, I want to look for her and you um, to look at a gated community. And Holly says, I don't feel 100% safe in this country, but I should feel 100% safe in my home. I think everyone can attest to that, whether you're in South Africa or the States, anywhere. I want to be able to know that I can be 100% safe in my home. Um, That's not always the case, especially in South Africa, under the circumstances 
that she has already witnessed. Um, he's dressed because he has put a lot of money into the house and a gated community is very expensive. I can believe that. And Holly thinks that they should be looking now. They haven't even got married yet, y'all, but let's look now. He says, we will see. We will see. But that is the end of Holly and Wayne. Now for next time on, we see that Kenny and Armando are going to go talk to Armando's mom about potentially moving. She is not happy. She, I think, says, you already moved far away from me and you're going to make me suffer more by moving even further away. And apparently Armando's mom did not like Mexico City because she has been there before. Um, next, we see spiders and geckos in Mary's room. And Brandon doesn't think that's very romantic. That fucking spider can fuck all the way off. The gecko's fine. But the spider needs to go. Okay? Julio is in a devil's costume. That's a red flag? No, I'm kidding. But anyway, um, with his friend who he did a beer pong with. And he basically, and Christian's there, guys. And he basically says to Christian, you know, how do you feel about living apart when I move there? Why are you going? Fuck you. Why are you going? And that's what I mean before about, I don't know how serious he is about even being there or even being with her. Because why would you go through all of this and then not even live with her? Doesn't make any fucking sense. You lived with her for two months. Fucking idiot. Anyway. Then, y'all, we see miserable bitch. Cutting off people. I um couldn't hate her more. I couldn't fucking hate her more. You, she's like, y'all gonna wait for me. And she just cuts in front of people. I'm like, you fucking bitch. Like, I didn't know I could hate you more, but here I am hating you more because you're cutting people off. I'm happy she got honked. I don't know if it makes a difference. She doesn't care. But she says that, um, you know, they just can't give up on their relationship. Y'all need to give the fuck up on your relationship. But that big dick, y'all. Anyway. um, We see Wayne and Holly, guess, going shopping for clothes. And he fucking actually says to her that you know her dresses are too short and as we can see um in other commercials i'm not sure if he's also the next time on he basically calls her a prostitute in front of everybody and she's just like everyone heard him say that i understand that you don't like the way she dresses um and he as he says wants her to dress more modestly but don't fucking call her a prostitute in front of everybody I'm sorry, but our South African, uh, and again, I say I must have looked the fuck out with my guy because he doesn't talk to me that way. He doesn't treat me that way. He trusts me. You know, obviously there are things that are, are for his eyes only and that's whatever, but like, he doesn't talk to me like that. But it's like when I see other people, we had fucking Sinjin, we had fucking um, Ronald. For those who watch Below Deck, we have fucking Gary. And then 
And now there's this guy, and it's like the misogyny is so fucking real. It's un- it's it's crazy to me. He lost some points. He did. He's still cute though, but he lost some points. Um, and then we see more fighting between Kimberly and TJ, and that looks really bad. And he kind of calls BS on her clairvoyancy. So that's the other part I want to talk about as well. And I wanted to wait till we got to the next time on. Again, that's kind of why I was saying you can't understand that maybe your fiance has some certain feelings about things because you say that you're claircognizant or clair whatever, and you're supposed to be able to feel what's happening around you, yet you're you're not. And as for you being clairvoyant, you couldn't see that the apartment was fucked up already? You couldn't see that? You couldn't, you couldn't tell it? I'm just saying. But that is the end of the episode. Guys, if you liked the podcast, please share with everyone in your life. If you also like the episode and the podcast, make sure you hit follow and subscribe on your favorite podcast app to make sure you do not miss a single episode. If you want to rate and review the podcast, you can do so on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you're an avid YouTube user, you can listen to the podcast on YouTube by going to Reality Tea Times two. Also, quick little announcement, just a little announcement. We are now including subtitles on our YouTube video so that everyone can be involved in in our podcast, not just hearing it, but you can also watch it. Um, if you want to connect with us, you can do so by going to either our Facebook or Instagram pages at reality tea times two. You can follow us there. If you want to email us, you can do so by going to reality, reality tea times two at hotmail.com. We also have a website where you can listen to all of the episodes as well as get links to our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube pages at reality tea times com. All of this information will be in our show notes. Well, that is it for now, guys. Thanks. Bye.